You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Tool Station Western League podcast, episode number 26. My name's Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Mr Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Obviously, much better when we've got plenty more football to talk about, so that's always a positive. So, yeah, I'm doing all right. And how about you? Yeah, not bad. It, I mean, it yeah. is a return to business as usual. We haven't mm. had business as usual for a while, have we? We've been sort of you know scraping around yes. um for anything to talk about and you know like buses they all come along <laughs> at once don't we? we've got the fa vars we've got the obviously the premier division and we've got the first division pretty much a full house in uh in in all competitions so um we've got plenty to get our teeth into in this episode of the podcast we will be hearing uh from dave pierce the manager of bridgewater united an awful lot that's good going on at Bridgewater United. And uh, at the very opposite end of our footballing spectrum, um, Bishop's Lydiard. We hear from Ben Robinson, the uh, the Bishop's Lydiard first team coach, been telling us a little bit about the goings on at Lydiard. Uh, but of course, they did have a win at the weekend. So um, we've got a very positive spin uh, on that. And Ben is a new coach um, for the uh, for the podcast. So that's exciting as well. Um, so we'll kick that. We'll kick off, Tom, uh, on Saturday, the twenty eighth of January. Uh, we had three sides involved in the fourth round of the FA Vars. We'll start at Bridgewater United. In fact, three is quite an appropriate number, isn't it? Because it was third time lucky for all of these fixtures mm-hmm. on the grounds that they'd been rained off twice before. So third time lucky, uh, and so it proved for Bridgewater United uh, as they triumphed over Erith Town. I did. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, obviously. Um, yeah. Had a, had a long time to wait for this one, as you say. We seem to have to be pushed back a week every time, and it's and we finally we we got the three three matches uh, in the bars taking place on the weekend, and it was Bridgewater who are our side to to progress. Uh, it was it was a tense affair, nil nil at the end of 90 minutes. It did go to go to penalties, and there they did prevail. Uh, but yeah, they to be fair had to do it the hard way. Jack Taylor, who we know. Uh, is uh, is yeah well amongst the main men he obviously scores scores more often than not and uh, he was lost to a red card early in the second half so battling with uh, with ten men uh, for a long time uh, but they did actually come close with Jack Thorne uh, a, a mid-season signing from Nelsie and Tickenham uh, had an effort cleared off the line uh, about 15 minutes left on the clock but as I say the game did go to penalties and uh, yeah they were yeah pretty pretty decent I would say 4-1 um, victory on on spot kicks Jake Viney making a save. Uh, during during the penalties, and then it was Ross Edwards who tucked away the uh, the winning winning spot kick. And uh, yeah, as I say, Bridgewater through to the next round where they'll take on Ascot United. So congratulations um, to everyone at Bridgewater United for that win. And um, the fact that Erith took Bridgewater to penalties was where I started my discussion with Dave Pearce. I imagine his nerves were all over the place um, when it came down to those spot kicks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the best when it comes to those scenarios. Uh, penalty shootouts, I'm strutting up and down. Uh, I get a bit nervous. But um, no, yeah, it was a great win for the club. I think it's only the second time they've ever reached that that stage. So um, on the day, uh, we had a really good crowd. And in the end, it was a great day. Um, you know, the lads performed really, really well. Probably deserved it on, um, on chances created. All right, we didn't take them, but... I don't really remember Eris having that many shots on goal. I mean, completely honest, they were quite good in possession, but um, 
you know, we had um, more more chances and unfortunately we didn't take them and we went down to 10 men so it was backs against the wall again. Um, but I've got to praise the players. They they got us through and um, luckily we won on the lottery and the, the penalty shootout. So do you think justice was, was served then? You, your performance was good enough to sort of get you through to the next round on the day, was it? I think so, yeah. I think, um, you know, when you look at the... When you watch it back, which we have, you know, we've 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 like hit the post twice, had two off the line, keepers pulled off an unbelievable point blank save, and yeah, I always felt that we were the team creating more chances. Obviously, with ten men, they're going to have a bit more of the ball, which they did. Um, but yeah, we felt that we deserved to to go through. Um, but you know, it, the penalty shot, you know, it's like it is a lottery. But luckily, um, we took our chances, and they didn't. Did you prepare for the eventuality of penalties? Have you been practicing them in training? Uh, not gonna lie, we had one. We had one practice, um, which was uh, I think it was a week ago before one of the postponements, and that was it. But you know, the lads, the lads are confident in that scenario, and luckily, you know, luckily we've um, I think we've won the last three shootouts. Touchwood, um, that can continue if that ever happens again. <laughs> Well, what's your philosophy on penalties? And I mean, I, I I do enjoy our chats on the podcast, but I, I mean, I, I do fear I might be giving away too much in in this in this interview. So I, I I can understand why you perhaps might want to keep your cards closer to your chest. But are you one of those managers that says, right, well, who, who's up for it, lads? Or do you have a view? Do you have a settled sort of group of people that you want to put through in a particular order? No, I this this I think the the last shoot we had. I thought I asked the question who wants one and then I just said pick five and then you go in every order you want this time I said I trust you to take penalties all of them um, you put yourselves forward and you go and do the business that's it and they did it so that's more of my philosophy now I'd rather put it on the players who's, who's confident to take one and yeah then luckily we scored four from four um, and of course the um, the game was a case of third time lucky wasn't it I mean you must have been relieved that the weather finally allowed you to get this fixture on and, and keep it at your own home yeah there was um, obviously the first time they travelled down the Friday night and then obviously we had a you know yellow weather warning of the rain and it was a waterlogged pitch and then the second time uh, the frozen pitch but on the Friday it was actually yeah, actually thawed out by one o'clock and we were sort of hoping the sun would get on it early again but it was just too much in the ground and unfortunately we had to call it off um but yeah i didn't really fancy traveling out there <laughs> sort of yeah we haven't played in 26 days um so i didn't really want to travel all out there but luckily we, the, the ground staff and volunteers have been unbelievable at bridgewater the last well, season but especially the last month trying to get games on but yeah you know we've, we've got it done now and we can look forward to the next round and in the next round, you've got Ascot United, of course, the conquerors of, of Buckland. That uh, that game is at, at Bridgewater, but you can't really take anything for granted after their win at the weekend. No, you know, I, I spoke, funny enough, I spoke to uh, when we played Cribs, I spoke to their manager, Rich Luffman, and he, he played, they played against Ascot in the FA Cup um, start of the season at Ascot, and he said they're very, very strong. But, you know, it's, it's a one-off. It's at Bridgewater. You know we're we're doing well in our league. We're you know they're obviously flying in theirs, but you know so are we. So you know we're at home. We'll we'll prepare right, and I know the players will be up for you know taking the club one stage further. Were you surprised that you were the only Western League winners on Saturday in the Vars? Because um, I mean I had hope with three sides all at home that 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 would you know count for something. But um, obviously, poor old Clevedon and Buckland haven't joined you in the fifth round. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, it's great for the league and the South West, you know, and you have a few teams get through. Obviously, they were just unlucky on the day. Um, we still got Caution up the road, uh, Brixham, which is down in, uh, in Torquay. So, you know, we're still, it might not be Western League uh, teams in it, but there's a lot of South West teams left. So, uh, but we're just glad we're through. You know, I'd rather play teams that we don't know than than other Western League teams, if, if I'm honest. Talking to teams that you know, you've got Ashton and Backwell tonight. Um, that's not far to travel. Uh, they've been on a very good run of form, haven't they? Yeah, no, we we um, always earmark that one as one of the, the toughest places to go. You know, they've um, I think they I can't remember if they beat Mouse earlier in the season now. I know they did last year. <coughs> um, they always at home. It'll be a different a different game. They they play their pitch well. Uh, I know the manager will have them very organised. They work so so hard as a team, and, and you know they're going to be hard to break down. Had a great result the weekend, but you know Saturday hopefully. You know, we we were poor against Falmouth, but hopefully Saturday is giving us that little buzz again, and we can try and get get on a run and sort of fight towards the end of the season, um, looking at the top two positions. I mean, you mentioned Falmouth there. Uh, if we look at your last couple of results, obviously your body of work over this season has been outstandingly good. But but in the last couple of um, games, would it be fair to say you've had a little wobble? Um, I, yeah, I mean, but you know, you, I think people just look at results and they don't look what's happened. Um, you know, I look at it. We played Cribs on the Friday, second uh, of December, um, beat them one 0 with ten men. Great performance, and then we didn't play again till till Boxing Day. Um, and then you go into that, not playing for two or three weeks. Uh, local derby in Cleveden, as you know, <laughs> one of been up been one of our bogey sides, and we're two one down. Got back to two two. Last year we lost that. 100% we lost that game um, but we managed to get a point out of it uh, and Falmouth I've got to say they were just better than us on the day by quite a long way they um, got stuck into us straight away and, and, and we didn't I don't know we just didn't perform on the day and it, it's one of those things but if I said if someone said to me after 21 games you only lost two you know this time last year we lost seven so yeah. you know we have made a lot of progress and you know we're, we are a different team this year certainly the group's gelled a lot and I've said that from January last year um, I think that's been quite evident Now you've mentioned a couple of times in this interview going down to 10 men <laughs> and I'm I'm assuming Dave that you would prefer to finish the 90 minutes with 11 men on the pitch Yeah it'd be great um, last year I thought our discipline was horrendous um, this year this season has been um, it's been a lot better but you know we've had a couple of reds I think three now and uh, I'd say Two of them have been very, very harsh. I thought Jax was very harsh on Saturday. Jake Spence got sent off in the Les Phillips. I thought that was that was I thought that was very harsh. And the other, you know, one was definitely definitely a red, and the other one was two yellows. So I definitely want to keep eleven on the pitch from now on. Um, but we've seen to I think apart from the Wellington one, the, the, the other games we've won. So, but no, we'll leave it. We'll hopefully that'll be at the end of our bad run of that, and um, we'll keep eleven on the pitch. I asked you that question in the hope that some of your players will be listening to this interview. I'm, I'm sure you don't need a podcast interview to get the message across to them. But in all seriousness, if you look at that game against Ascot United, I mean, you're doing really well in the Vars, and we should congratulate you on that. Ascot, we know, are going to be a test because you've, you know, you've, you've mentioned that already. The discipline is going to need to be good against them, isn't it? Because, you know, we're talking about small margins now. Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't just about Jacks. We, we are going to appeal Jacks' red card because we felt that it wasn't a red. We felt that it was it was a very harsh decision, not harsh, but a very quick decision with the referee. He had his hand in his pocket before he even sort of 
thinking about it, but you know, we lost Josh Phillips as well. With a, we had a bit of a, a melee at the end of the game, which sort of kicked off, and we lost him as well. And you know, the players have got the players know that we have to have 16, 18 players every week now to get through because you know this this month we're going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You know, so it's going to be relentless, um, and we need we need uh, a full squad. You can't do it on 14, 15 players. You have to have uh, the full squad so the players know um, so hopefully touch wood that will um, that'll be the end of it I mean is your current success a bit of a blessing and a curse because as you've just said there the fixtures are coming thick and fast you've got another one now in, in the Vars you're doing really well in that competition I'm sure everybody at the club would really appreciate um, seeing you go as deep as possible but when we last spoke of course we talked about your promotion you know ambitions I mean you know the prospect of being the last ever Western League champions is that still very much the 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 the, the priority for this season oh yeah that won't change even if we got to the Vars semi-final or the final it would still be we want to try and get out of the league we know how hard it is we know how strong Mousel have come on and, and Salt Ash as well you know, there's other teams, you know, Barnes won a great run, Shepton is still up there, so we we just need to get on a run again. Um, if you look at the start of the season, we were playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and, and we, we were winning every game. So now we've had like a winter break, which I sort of said on Saturday to the players, we've had like two, three weeks off as a winter break, really, we were uh, postponement. So hopefully now we can start like we did in, in August and we can kick on and get on a run of wins um, and sort of just keep us away from or in touch with your mausels and your salt ashes and hope you know we'll see what happens at the end of the season but there's a lot you know it's 42 points to play for yet or something like that so there's going to be a lot of twists and turns a lot of you know mausels will drop points salt ash will drop points and I'm sure we'll drop points um, again uh, before the end of the season so it's, it's got an exciting end by the look of it but um, we'll just take one game at a time and we'll keep trying to push for that promotion well, at one place where you could drop points is going to be Welton Rovers on Saturday. They had a good win at the weekend. Their confidence is is going to be high, and I'm sure there'll be a really good crowd in the heart of Midsummer Norton um, for your arrival on Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not just about that one, is it? You know, we got Backwell tonight, Welton Saturday, and then we're at Tall Point on Tuesday. So, if we can come out of those before the Vars game, so if we can come out with as many points as possible from those three, I think that puts us in a really good position. We, we, we probably need, you know, we 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 won't look at Saltwash and Mazel too much. Um, we'll just try and concentrate on ourselves. And you know, it starts tonight before Welton. Um, yeah, Welton are another team. You know, they they were close to drawing with Mazel uh, last weekend. Uh, Tall Point was is always a difficult place to go as well. So if we can come out of those three undefeated and as many points as possible, it just you know it get, puts us a bit closer to our goal. And my thanks to Dave for his time. Uh, now we move on to um, Buckland Athletic. They entertained Ascot United. Again, another one of the games that had to be played after two postponements. And three, as before, is the magic number. Unfortunately, it wasn't very magic for Buckland because mm. poor old uh, Buckland fell to a 3-1 defeat. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, it was... A uh, tough afternoon for them, I'd say. They were, yeah, pr- probably beaten by by the better side. Two goals at the end of the first half for the visitors. Uh, pretty much putting this one this one out of Buckland's reach. Uh, Jared Lewington did did score an injury time consolation for them, but yeah, tough tough afternoon at, at Homer's Heath. But yeah, obviously, incredible effort to to well to get this far. And uh, yeah, I think it was a a pretty good afternoon uh, in terms of in terms of uh, attendance and whatnot. So hopefully, 
more 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 cup runs in the future for Buckland. I'm sure that'll be the case. Yeah, well, of course, they are a team with a pedigree in that competition, mm, aren't they? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, congratulations to them for getting that far in the competition. And finally, we move to Clevedon Town, another one of our replayed games uh, from the fourth round. Three, the magic number, appeared in this one as well, but it was in the penalty column, Tom. Mm. Yeah, and that was for the for the visitors, and it proved to be enough, unfortunately. Uh, Clevedon, yeah, they were, I'm pretty sure there'll be a bit of heartbreak after this one. They were, yeah, two goals to the good after 26 minutes. So they made a dream start. Ethan Felton and uh, Cam Salmon putting them putting them two goals up, as I say, after uh, inside half an hour. Uh, but the visitors managed to claw their way back into the game, uh, levelling five minutes from time in the end through Heck Matt Alizi. Uh So that, yeah, sent, sent the game to penalties. And uh, yeah, Clevedon, probably a little bit bit upset about how the uh, the 90 minutes had, uh, had gone and uh, failed to... Failed to uh, to convert many of their sprockets. I think it was only one of four that found the back of the net. So it's uh, yeah, and 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 unlucky for for Clevedon who are knocked out of the Vars. Yep, a shame there. But um, again, uh, still an achievement to get to the mm, to the fourth 100%. round. Um, we will move then into the Premier Division, where we had a good number of matches, and we'll kick things off at Cadbury Heath, where the visitors were Saltash United. Yeah, and uh, the visitors, the leaders uh, of the division. Um, Proved to yeah, work very hard for this win. Uh, a three-one victory in the end for them. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. As I said, it wasn't wasn't all uh, one-way one-way traffic this one. Uh, Sam Farrant put in them ahead uh, the Ashes, uh, but they were pegged back by their hosts. Ali Boyer netting to make it one apiece. And uh, yeah, he very much um, worthy of that scoreline at the time. But uh, Saltash managed to yeah find a little little bit of extra, another gear, and it was Adam Carter's penalty uh, putting them back in front. Uh, and then midway through the second half, Mike Smith uh, beat the visiting keeper, uh, the home keeper, should I say, uh, to make it 3-1. And uh, yeah, Saltash uh, pick up another three points. Now we move on to a close affair at Millbrook where the visitors were Wellington and it was the visitors who went home happy. Mm, absolutely. And uh, yeah, real, I think pretty impressive win this one for, for Wellington, a 1-0 uh, victory. Quite a few clean sheets on the weekend, I noted. I think I mentioned it in the Bulletin, quite a lot of away teams. Uh, managing to to produce shutouts and Wellington were one such uh, side who managed to do so. So keeping keeping Millbrook goalless and uh, so it meant that Jake Quick um, scoring the 68th minute proved to be enough and uh, yeah Wellington taking home uh, the three points. And it was another close affair at um, Sherbourne Town where the visitors were Barnstable. Yeah, absolutely another another one nil victory away from home and this one was uh, yeah exceedingly close. It was a a stoppage time penalty that did the business Ooh. for for. Uh, for Barnstable here, so yeah, very much uh, looked like a goalless draw was on the cards. Uh, but the the away side stealing all three points right at the death, um, and it was uh, Billy Tucker keeping his nerve, obviously um, with a with much on the line. Uh, but he managed to to convert from from 12 yards. So uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah a, a good away day for Barnstable to uh, take the three points from Sherborne. Well, I guess that um, Sherborne can take some comfort from the fact that I know that. Barnstable made it a real away day. Um, I think they took a coach to the ground, so hopefully mm. there was a good mm. good turnout. I'm sure plenty of um, beverages were enjoyed uh-huh. in the in the clubhouse, and um, a real touch of class that I'm very pleased to bring the listeners. I don't know if you're aware of this, Tom, but um, the the match day sponsors of the game at Sherborne Town were the Barnstable Town Supporters Club. Did not know that. That is that is great to hear. It is because, yeah. of course, it puts a you know it puts a few quid in the pocket mm-hmm. of um, 
of, of Sherborne, and um, I, I expect that that probably made John Bowers feel slightly mm-hmm. less frustrated about the nature of the defeat. But um, no, I, I, I really, you know, a really good touch of class. And I know travel is a massive theme for us at the moment in the Western League. But um, you know, clubs like Barnstable, um, well, clubs like Barnstable. I mean, we've heard from John at Sherborne earlier this season on the podcast talking about how they want to make the most of the travel opportunities and treat it as a real adventure. And I just think that was a real touch of class. It was a really lovely thing to do. And, um, you know, maybe, just maybe, a few other supporters groups out there might might think about sponsoring a game at another club as well. I'm sure it would have been very much appreciated. So, well done, Barnstable. Um, we do have another game to, uh, to discuss in the... Uh, Premier Division, and that was Street. They were at home to Mausel. Yeah, and it was another another away winner. Uh, Mausel claiming a 3-1 victory away at Street. So, uh, yeah, doing, doing, doing well in front of goal on this one. Uh, 14th minute opener for them from Callum McConey. Uh, but it was Street who managed to managed to peg them back. Uh, Harry Foster, who's their leading leading marksman again this season, uh, levelling affairs uh, to, yeah, as I say, making it one apiece. Uh, but it was then uh, Jack Bray Evans putting Mazel back in front. I think he's recently joined them. I think he's having a pretty decent season. Uh, a left-footed finish from him made it made it 2-1 uh, towards the end of the first half. And then it was Max Hill uh, scoring after the break, uh, rounding out the victory for, for Mazel, the way it's street. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we'll take a look into the first division and we'll kick things off at Bishop's Lydiard, where they were taking on Gillingham Town. Now, of course, Gillingham struggled for a long time at the start of the season. That's a position that Bishop's Lydiard um, now find themselves in at the foot of the table. But the home fans will definitely have gone home happy. This was a fantastic win against a Gillingham side that we talk about a lot on the podcast. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of very, very good results. Well, they didn't get one on Saturday. No, they didn't. They were they came unstuck. Uh, a three-one win for for Bishop's Lydiard, and their first in the league since late August. So yeah, real, 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 real important uh, victory for them, obviously. And uh, yeah, just a fourth league victory of the season as a whole. So uh, yeah, tough has been tough for for the Lids, but hopefully for them it's a sign of things to come. Uh, Oscar Albano putting them in front. Uh, but Jack Mayo managed to restore parity just before half time. So uh, yeah, Lids probably thought it was maybe another tough afternoon. Uh, but uh, yeah, to be fair to them, they pushed on uh, after the break, uh, and it was Jordan Heyman uh, and uh, Adam Willis doing the business in front of the goal. As I say, giving them a, a first league win in, in some time. So yeah, real good stuff from Bishop's Lydiard at home to Gillingham. Well, we haven't had Bishop's Lydiard on the podcast this season, so I thought that victory was a perfect opportunity to get in touch with the club. And I'm very pleased to say that Ben Robinson, the first team coach, took the time to speak with me, and uh, we reflected on that fantastic win. Uh, for the club against a you know a good a good Gillingham side as we know, and I started my conversation with Ben by asking him whether Bishop's Lydiard caught Gillingham on a bad day or did Gillingham catch Bishop's Lydiard on a good one? I believe that they caught us on a good day. Um, we've been working really hard recently on the training ground, um, putting in the extra shift and with the games being called off that we had um, I really believe that they caught us on a good day 
and I believe that we can move on with this and other teams will be able to see how hard we have been working in the off time that we have had due to the bad weather. So is this a sign of things to come then? Do you think this is a performance and a result that you can build on? We would like to think so um, and we are hoping to build on this with the run of games that we've got coming up thick and fast. We're hoping that momentum can carry with us and the confidence within the group of players to go on and win games within the group is now the belief is there for us to go on and put a run together I believe yes I mean the green shoots of recovery have been showing for a while haven't they I mean I know you lost at Nowsey and Tickenham but they are a very very good side and given what happened to you against Hallen you know that result could have been an awful lot worse yeah yeah definitely um, Hallen were very good on the day um, but we were very, very young travelling to Hallen. I think our average age is working out to be 18 to 19 every game. Right. Um, so with that in mind, I think that we did a really good shift against some really good players in that Hallen game. And the Nelsie and Tickenham game, again, I'll put that down to a lack of inexperience due to the average age of the squad that we're turning up with every week because the club is on a massive development programme at the moment trying to bring through young, talented players. I mean, do you, would you say that that sort of relative inexperience, that, you know, that, that reliance on youth has been the biggest challenge you've faced this season? Yes, I think it will, because there's been games where we've controlled, we've stayed in the game, um, we've had moments to score, um, but the lack of inexperience and not having that calmness has maybe cost us, and maybe the lack of composure and maybe the lack of concentration levels where you would get from an experienced player has been costing us but I believe that we are on a turnaround and we can only get better with that from learning from these results that we have picked up. I mean it's an interesting discussion because I went through a similar thing with the club that I followed in the Western League last season which is Devizes Town. We had a very young side and, you know, you would see in the style of play an awful lot that was good. But really, in those moments that define a match, sometimes the decision-making, you know, goes awry and, and it costs you. And when I look at, you know, when I reflect upon where devices were and when I look at, you know, where you are in the league, I guess there's that common theme, isn't there, that, that so much with, that's good with um, developing young players. But the problem is that even the most talented young player... In, a, in men's football, which is, of course, what we're talking about in the Tool Station Western League, you know, it, it's a huge test, isn't it? It's a huge step up for them. Yeah, it's a massive step up. Um, we've currently got um, five regular people in the squad that are still currently playing under-18s football, with then maybe the rest of the squad made up with 19 to 21-year-olds, and then a few players over the age of 25. So that experience to youth, the balance is quite vast, really. Um, but the style of football that we're playing um, is really good. And how we're playing in games and the moments that we're getting shows that the youth are learning, taking on board and applying what they're asking to. So the results are only imminent. But at this moment in time, I would say that having the younger squad in the Western League at the moment is the difference between us being in the top six and bottom of the table, really. 
So what were your ambitions going into this season then? What did you and Paul want for the side? We set off with aspirations to play good football, make the environment a much better place at the club because it's gone through a lot of transition recently, um, to build a core of players that want to hang around and develop in their self that we can then go in, in maybe two years' time, three years' time, actually have a little go at pushing to win the Western League. But at this moment in time, the club is in a development process to gain experience, get a nice little playing philosophy together and try and just go and achieve what we can within staying in the Western League is the aim, obviously. Because it's an interesting time, isn't it, for football in our area? Obviously, there's been the much-publicised merger between the Western League and the South West Peninsula League, and although the, the mechanics of that don't appear to affect Step 6 in the same way that they obviously affect Step 5 with the new division, I mean... Is is that development, is that something that you've been mindful of as a, as a football club? We have been aware of the situation of the merger because there was talk, I believe, last year of this happening, but no one was sort of sure with what was going on. But with that, that's not really within the plan, if that makes sense. We always want to achieve win games and we want to maintain our status within the Western League. Um, and we're quite excited about it to see what happens for us as a club with that merger, with what goes on and which direction that we travel in, right. um, maybe next season. Um, so it's something that excites us, but we've got a massive focus at the moment to remain within the Western League. Well, if we look at the sort of the matters in hand, you're away at Bristol Telephones tomorrow, and they are a much improved side under um, John Allen. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been um, seeing that they bring bringing players in, um, they've got a lot of ins and outs going on at Bristol Telephones, and I know they've had a nice little restructure there. Um, so it will be a tough test, obviously, midweeker for us, hour and a bit down the M5 after a long day at work. Um, it's not an easy test, but I believe the game from Saturday, will we're going into that game with confidence and belief that we can go there and get three points. Yeah, it does feel like Bristol Telephones are the, are the Chelsea of this January transfer window, doesn't it? Um, uh, but then after that game, of course, it's the Battle of the Bishops on Saturday. Now, this over the years, this is something that I've got very excited about, and I do appreciate that it means nothing to anybody other than me. But I did think that it would make for a wonderful pre-season tournament if you actually had uh, a tournament between sides called Bishops. So you could have Bishop Sutton, you know, Bishops Lydiard, Bishops Stortford, Bishops Auckland. You up for a bit of that? Yeah, yeah, someone's willing to go and set that up. We're more than happy to try and get a pre-season little cup run together. That'd be really good, and it would allow us to work on things within pre-season. Yeah, I'd be more than up for that. Right, well, I, I, I think other than myself, I don't think anybody's going to bother investing any time in that, apart from, of course, possibly the Church of England. But um, um, anyway, let's. this is the first time that we've had a chat, um, Ben, and it's lovely to speak to you. Um, can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about your footballing journey to the Bishop's Lydia dugout? Yeah, it started with uh, the Bishop's Lydia chairman, uh, Gary Brown, um, approaching me in the summer saying that he would like to set up a under-18s side at Bishop's Lydiard if I was up for running it. Um, and we got together and had a little sit-down about how it would look and what the expectations of it and so on would be. So 
I got given the managerial role there of the under-18s and went scouting for players within the local area and set up the under-18s, which, which turned out to be a really positive thing for the club um, because the club has now based itself around the youth and the under-18s coming through the system. Um, I then got the opportunity to take on the reserves at Bishops Lydia because the first team manager left within pre-season so the club had a little restructure of moving up the reserve manager to the first team and myself and my coaching partner at the time Danny Mahoney got moved up to run Bishops Lydia reserves Um, we took on the reserves and was doing really really well with the club we were sat second in the table I believe um, doing really really well and then the club had another little shake-up middle of the season where the first-team manager left again and this is where Paul West then came in and started running the first team and then asked me to step up and run it with him and we found a new coach to run the reserves. But at this moment in time, so I still am first-team coach and also run Bishop's Lydia under-18s who play in the Floodlit League in the South Division. And my thanks to Ben for his time. Now we'll move on to the Battle of Briz. Brislington against FC Bristol. Two very impressive sides when you look at the team sheets. Both of these, you know, there's an awful lot of Western League royalty doing the rounds at Brislington and FC Bristol. Could be the Battle of the Galacticos. So who came mm-hmm. out on top, Tom? It was the home side. I think this, as I said, this was probably the uh, the pick of the pick of the games uh, on paper. Two teams towards the top of the division, and it was Brislington, as I say, two nil victors uh, over FC Bristol. Uh, and it was Joe McLennan and Jordan Scadding doing the doing the scoring, both inside the opening half hour. So, uh, Brislington pushing into a lead and, and managed to hold on to it for for uh, well the entirety of the second half. So yeah, good good uh, good solid victory for for Brislington on Saturday afternoon. And we'll move on to Nailsey and Tickenham, um, our league leaders. Uh, they took on Hallen. Hallen, of course, under Stu Jones, a side that aspires to get back to where they once belonged in the Premier Division. Well, I think that journey probably looked a little bit further away after Saturday's result, Tom. Yeah, I would, Im- I would imagine so. But uh, yeah, Nels and Tickenham, new league leaders, as I say. Uh, Wells had a little bit of a slip up. Uh, so uh, Nels and Tickenham definitely taking advantage of that. But it was... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy by any means. Uh, four second half goals doing the business for them, so they were uh, they were kept at bay for the the entirety of the first half. Uh, but yeah, they made a dream start to the second half, and it was it was Callum Dunn putting the goal to the good uh, within five minutes of the restart. Uh, Luke Oz good having a real good season, uh, doubling their advantage from the spot, and then a couple of goals in the, in the closing stages from Jared Ford uh, helping them run out pretty comfortable victors in the end. But uh, yeah, as I say, it wasn't wasn't all one way traffic, even though the scoreline might suggest otherwise. And one final game, um, Oldham Dabatonians, they're a side that's impressed me this season, perhaps haven't consistently maintained the heights that they had when they started this season, but they've still been going very well towards the top of the table. And Warminster Town, the side that turned their season around, they've been on a fantastic run that's powered them up from the foot of the table into mid-table, looking to press on, um, but that um, development was arrested uh, on Saturday. Yeah, they were caught. Cool. Caught cold, I would say. Three goals uh, behind. Uh, well, after after half an hour or so, Oldham really did come out of the come out of the traps in this one. They looked like they'd been uh, a team that had been waiting to get back on the park, definitely. And uh, yeah, it, it proved to be that way. And it was Mason Davis, Matt Green, and Stefan Lee all 
uh, find the back of the net, as I say, in the in the early stages, putting Warminster three goals behind, and and that was how it stayed. So yeah, another another good win for the Abbots at home to to Warminster, three 0 victory for them. Excellent stuff. Well, that concludes our look at the fixtures that were played on Saturday, the 28th of January. Now let's take a look ahead into the month of February and what a fine month that is. Saturday, February the 4th, to be precise. And that's, he says, putting his teeth back in. Um, We'll kick off in the Premier Division, Tom. Uh, Which fixture has caught your eye? I've gone for Clevedon Falmouth. I would say these are two pretty unpredictable sides. They're sort of sitting in mid-table, win a few, lose a few sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, I think it should be quite an entertaining game. Obviously, Clevedon, uh, see how they respond after their their, their heartbreak on the weekend in, in the Vars. And, uh, yeah, taking on a, a Falmouth side who I think could do pretty good things over the second half of the uh, season, potentially. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how this one uh, plays out. I'm going to go for the awkward squad. Wellington. Underestimate Wellington at your peril, as many mm. a good, very good Western League side has found out. They take on Shepton Mallet. The game is at Wellington. Um, whether the, How big a factor that proves in the final analysis, I guess we'll wait and see. Shepton Mallet, of course, are a very, very good side. But very good sides, particularly sides from Somerset, have come unstuck at, uh, at Wellington. The form book would say... Uh, that uh, Shepton are going to be easy winners here, but football is not played on the form book. I think Wellington will give them a real run for their money, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see an upset there. So that's my pick of the games in the Premier Division. And we'll move on to the First Division, Tom. What game has caught your eye there? Gone for Hengrove versus Oldland. So as as we sort of just picked up on, Oldland really, yeah, having a having a, a real good start to... to to the return to football and uh, yeah they take on Hengrove who also won on the weekend so a couple of couple of sides on the back of uh, positive positive results last weekend uh, I think there should be a, a decent meeting between those two on the weekend and I'm going for the battle of the bishops hey. bishops Lydiard against Bishop Sutton and if you want to know why this is my pick of the of the weekend then you clearly didn't listen to my interview with Ben Robinson so um, go back and do that uh, right, we um, today, because we've actually had some football to talk about, Tom, we're going to have a quick look into the league tables. Interesting things going on with some league games being played, FA Vars matches. It's all um, made things slightly interesting in both divisions, I think. <laughs> um, so we'll kick things off at the Premier Division. And um, do you want to take us through the runners and riders at <laughs> the top of our Western League Premier Division? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, as as, as we touched on, Soltash extending their lead. Uh, atop the division, 24 games played. They've won 16, so they're on 53 points. Bridgewater, who are obviously in cup action, uh, have three games in hand on Saltash, uh, and they're on 49, so they're four behind. Uh, Mausel, they're on up to 48 points from their 21 games, uh, so they're level on games with Bridgewater. And then you've got Shepton Mallet, the other side, who have uh, breached the 40-point mark so far. They've played 20, so Saltash uh, out in front, but they have played the most games of of anyone in the uh, in the entire division. So, uh, yeah, there will be a couple of sides potentially chomping at the bit if they can win those games in hand. But it's looking like a, a pretty, pretty even title race between potentially the top three and, and maybe even Shepton, who've had a real renaissance recently. And if we look at the bottom, um, Canesham Town, the strongest team in that division, propping the rest of them up. They've got 12 points from 24 games, um, but only two points above them is Cabri Heath. They've played three games fewer on 21. Wellington have only played... 18 games so far, would you believe? They were on 17 points, and then one point above them is uh, Sherbourne Town. They've played 22 matches. The good news for the clubs at the foot 
of the Premier Division is if you can string a run of one or two or three wins together, then you could significantly improve your league position. I think that has to be the washword. In previous seasons in the Western League, we've seen sides getting cut adrift. I don't think that's the fate of Canesham. I think Canesham are a very, very good side. And I think anybody that underestimates them um, um, will will pay the price. So there is definitely hope for Canesham Town and the rest of the sides around them. Um, let's talk about the sides doing very well at the top of the first division, Tom. Yeah, let's do that. So we've got, uh, we have, as I said, new leaders, uh, Nailsy and Tickenham, 66 points from their 28 games. So they uh, are ahead of Wales on goal difference. Wales with a game in hand, to be fair, 27 played. Uh, they're also on 66, so it's exceedingly tight between those two. Uh, just goal difference, uh, the difference between them at the moment. Uh, and then we've got Brittington in third following their big win. Uh, they've, yeah, very much keeping pace with those top two. 24 games played, so three in hand on Wales and four on Nails Inter. And they're on 59 points. So, uh, yeah, seven off the top. And, uh, yeah, a couple of couple of games in hand on those top two. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, definitely potential for, for Brissington to, to catch and potentially even overtake the top two if, if things worked out their way. Uh, Oldland Abertonians uh, on 47 points uh, following their uh, decent win at Warminster on the weekend, and they've played 23. So, yeah, there is a real, obviously, well, obviously everybody's uh, aware of what's been happening recently with postponements and whatnot. So there might be a bit of disparity in, in, in terms of games played. So I think these uh, these league tables will definitely, uh, definitely be a fair bit of movement over the, the second half of the, the campaign. Well, that's certainly what Bishop's Lydiard will be hoping for. Mm. They've played 23 matches, got a few games in hand about, uh, on the teams above them. They've got 16 points, four wins they've achieved. Radstock Town, they've certainly turned their fortunes around. Much harder team to beat. They're in 21st place. They've played 26 games, only two wins. That would be a worry for, Wait, for Ray Johnson. But they've got 17 points, only two points behind Titherington Rocks, who've played 25 and are on 19, and then just one point above them, a rejuvenated Bristol Telephones um, with John Allen at the helm. And uh, they've uh, they've played 27 and they've got 20 points. So um, a very congested foot of the first division with some very good teams in there. I mean, you look at the likes of Hallen, Longwell Green, Cheddar, Gillingham, Almondsbury. You know, these are all sides that we would expect to see at the top of the table, not towards the bottom of it. And um, we've got a lot of very good sides down there. A very competitive division indeed. Be very interesting to see how that one plays out. Now, Tom, we have, of course, as we always do, when the weather doesn't completely mess mm. us around, um, been looking at your excellent bulletin. Um, where can the listeners find that? Yeah, so that's on the uh, Toolstation uh, League uh, website. If you go to the homepage uh, and scroll down a little bit, that will uh, that will be there for you on the on the left hand side. You can click on that, and uh, it will take you to the uh, the latest edition. So yeah, that comes out every week, um, <laughs> postponements permitting, as you said. So uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's on the uh, the the official website. That's brilliant, Tom. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Thanks it's up. lovely that we actually get to talk about some football mm -hmm. for a change. And um, hopefully we'll be talking about some football on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>